0: Good morning. Isn't that pretty funny? I had the opportunity to actually help out with that uh, project. It was really, really funny to watch all those kids give their answers. Such a blessing. You guys have great kids. So thank you for letting us do crazy things like this, uh, like this video. Well, my name is Charlie, and uh, I have the opportunity to primarily serve here with our 7th to 12th grade students uh, in MP Student Ministries. And it's just really been a blessing to me. And I am going to be continuing our series that we're titled, Words Words to the Wise. And this is going through Proverbs. And so we're in our second week, and I just want to take a little bit of time to talk a little bit about Proverbs. See, Proverbs is a very unique book. It's unique because there's really not any other book like it. And it can kind of seem a little bit scatterbrained as we read through it, and that's, I think, by design. See, Proverbs kind of bounces around from idea to idea. Uh, we see pieces of wisdom that show up in the early parts, and then later they show up in the middle, and then towards the end. And some of these ideas, they, they just kind of bounce around, and, and it's, it can be kind of overwhelming and really hard to follow. But I think that's by design, because when you read Proverbs... As a big picture, what we see is this wisdom that develops throughout. And as we read it, we begin to learn and we begin to be reminded of these truths as, as we work through the book. And there's actually 31 chapters in Proverbs, so it's a really cool book if you're looking for something to read for your devotions. Because you could really read one proverb each uh, day, and throughout the month, these truths will keep coming up and keep coming up. So we're going to, again, like I said, continue in Proverbs. But before we do, I just want to take a little bit of time to to talk about something. How many of you have ever met someone that loves to hear themselves talk? I hear the chuckles. We all have. You know those people that love to just fill the empty space with their words? It's like they, they can't stand the silence. So whenever there's a little bit of silence in the room or in, in a conversation or with a group of people, they have to just flood it with their words. And, and they can't stand silence. Maybe the, maybe they're in a conversation with a friend and the friend, you know, is asked a question but they're taking a long time to answer so they just kind of jump in and share their thoughts because, uh, silence. But the reality is a lot of what they're saying is just to fill the void and just to fill the gap. It's not really meaningful. I call these people space talkers because all they do is talk to fill the space. And I know it probably takes you a super long time to think of that kind of person. And if you can't think of that person, maybe that's because you're that person. <laughs> just had to say it. What about one-uppers? Do we know what one-uppers are? One-uppers are the people, man, these people, they just, they're everywhere and they drive me nuts. They're the people that you tell a story, and they just can't help but just one-up your story with a better story. It's like you're sharing this, this profound thing in your life, and you're getting to like the, the, the climax, and you share it, and it's really meaningful. And literally, right after the words leave your mouth, bam, there they are right there with a story to top yours. It's like, oh, man, guess what? I get to open, or I get to, I get to open and play at the, um, the Warsaw First Friday. And the friend goes, Oh, cool, cool. I mean, I remember those old days. Next week, me and my boys are opening for Justin Timberlake. <laughs> it's like, All right, I get it. Oh, how about this one? And this one happens so often. It's like, Man, I just got back from this amazing, amazing missions trip to Costa Rica. Oh, yeah, I, I remembered that. I did that about a year ago. And then after that, I was overseas being a midwife in the uh, Dominican Republic. And then I was in Indonesia helping translate the Bible. And then, and in the, in, you get the picture. One-uppers. They always just want to say something better than what you have to share. And they don't, they don't really care what you have to say. These space talkers and one-uppers, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. But you got to love them. Well, at least I hope you do, because let's be honest, a lot of times that's me. A lot of times I'm guilty of being a space talker and a one-upper. I, I have this story, it's, it's a really sad story, but it's, it's good to share, and it's from when I was dating my beautiful wife, Rachel. Rachel. And uh, we were both students at Grace College at the time. And this was probably our second, maybe third date. She was going through a really, really tough time. And she was really struggling. And she just needed somebody to, to, to be there for her. And so in a really vulnerable moment, she, she said, hey, let's get together. Let's get some coffee perhaps. And we can. And I just want to talk through this stuff. And I was like, all right, like, this is my chance, you know. Step on up. Third date. Make an impression. Man, did I make an impression. Anyways, so... I remember, we, we go to coffee, and, and I kid you not, she gets out maybe two sentences of her problem. And there I was, Mr. Fix-It, diving right in, and she couldn't get another word in. I was just telling her all the ways that she could fix herself and fix her problems. And, and that's not what she needed. See, the, the funny thing is that she was there, opening up her heart, and, and here's poor, innocent little Charlie, just, just standing there, trying to fix it. You know you know what that is? That's code for being totally oblivious to the fact that people don't really need you to fix your problems. They just need you to listen. They don't need you to be there to tell you all the ways or things you need to do to make it better. They just need someone to listen and process with. I was so oblivious. Guys, it was really, really bad. I don't think she got another word in the entire date. And I just kept filling that empty space. But anywho, the ending is the, the craziest part. I can remember what she said to me when we parted ways. We, uh, she drove me uh, to my dorm. And, you know, maybe that was part of the problem that I wasn't driving on one of the first dates. Here I am taking this girl on a date and she's the one driving anyways. She, uh, we drive up to the dorm and she sits there just quiet as can be. And I could tell something was wrong. And she looks over at me and she goes, Charlie, it was a really long pause, Charlie, I'm not really sure this is going to work. Ouch. I'm not sure if we're going to work because you're a really bad listener. Listener. and my brother is a better listener than you. I'm serious. She actually said that. <laughs> but she was right. She was right. Her brother was a better listener than me. No, I'm just kidding. She was right. I was a terrible listener, and there I was just trying to fix all of her problems and fill all the empty space. But luckily, I got my act together real fast because I married her, guys. I share that story because... I, I'd like to think that I'm not alone. I'd like to think I'm not the only one. So I want to do a little bit of a a crowd participation activity. How about this? I want you to raise your hands if you have opinions. Okay, now keep your hands up. I want you to keep, now I want you to keep your hands up if you have shared those opinions in the last 24 hours, okay, that's what I thought. Look around you. You guys are in good company. Opinions, we all have them, do we not? And the thing is, we all have distinctly unique opinions that are all right, right? At least my opinion's right and your opinion's right to you, so they must all be right somehow. They're all, we're all unique people, and so we all have unique opinions. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It really doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that on social media there are a high rate of viewpoints just running amok. These ideas floating around. I, just take your phone anytime. I did this this week. It was it was amazing. I think it literally took me five seconds. I kid you not, five seconds. I, I pulled up. I, I did it on Facebook. I pulled up Facebook and I, and I started scrolling. Literally five seconds. Here's what I found. I usually don't rant on here, but, and then I scrolled down a couple, a couple more. I think it was maybe two posts later. Said, I tend to stay away from political topics on Facebook, but I just had to share this. Isn't that so true? That's just what. Social media has become. It's everywhere, people, everywhere. And we are so used to it. Now I'm not saying that opinions are all bad because they're not. But I think someone needs to be talking talk about the unhinged nature of our opinions. How they just run free. And we can just put them out there for anyone to see. The Bible has a lot to say about sharing our opinions. And today, we're going to take some time to look at a short but very powerful passage of Proverbs. So this is Proverbs, Proverbs eighteen two. Last week, Matt kicked off our series, and today I have the privilege of continuing this word to the wise. Now, the design for this past, this, uh, this sermon series, as I work through this passage, is uh, not so much picking passages that are like, "Oh yeah, that'll preach," you know, "that'll get them." More so. Passages that have meant a lot to me, and that is something that I'm learning or want to learn. And this is something that I am in the midst of for sure. I want to continue to learn uh, this lesson I'm going to talk to today. So, my tongue just gets me in trouble a lot, and and I'm not naturally a good listener. I've practiced it, but I'm not natural. The thing is, not all opinions are bad. But if we approach every situation in life with wisdom, or if we don't approach every situation in life with wisdom, we will fail miserably. So how can we as a church approach this topic in a God-honoring way? If we are called to share the gospel and be like Jesus to the world, how do we navigate our desire to share our opinions? What stands out as wise people in a world of hostilities and antagonistic viewpoints? So turn with me again Proverbs 18.2, and if you don't have a copy of the scripture, the verses will be up on the screen, but if you don't own one, we would love to get one in your hands, so feel free to go out to the connection corner there after the service, and we'll get you your own copy. You can just keep it, because God's word is so valuable, and we want to get it to, into everyone's hand. So we're going to just take a look at this passage, and then we're going to highlight a few things. Proverbs 18.2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Here we go, guys. Here we have a good look of our friend, the fool. I think it's worth mentioning some of his attributes, some of the things that, that make a foolish person foolish. Because the fool is a regular cast member of Proverbs. In fact, I would argue that it's between the wise man and the fool for the lead role in this book. And I, I think I had to tip my hand my hat, my hat to, the, uh, to the fool. This foolish person continually shows up through Proverbs. and, it's time, and Let's take a look at some of these passages that tell us a little bit more about Mr. Fool. Proverbs 33, 35, the wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. How about this one? Proverbs 14, 16, the wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed, And yet feel secure. And then this one's my personal favorite. It's very graphic. Proverbs 17, 12. Better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool bent on folly. A bear robbed of her cubs. Wow. That is really intense. I don't know about you, but that is a really intense picture. Especially the bear and her cubs. I mean, that's brutal because... We all know bears go crazy without their cubs, and that's where we hear all about mauling stories and all sorts of cra- crazy things. But why does Solomon share this about the fool? Why does he showcase the fool? I think it's simple. I think he's trying to show us how not to live, how not to live. It, it's, it's a tactic that we all use very often, if you think about it. You know, if a fireman tells you, hey, don't go back into the burning house, what he's really telling you is, hey, stay out here. It's safe. You won't get burned. We can we can take care of you here. That's what he's really saying, but what what comes out of his mouth is, don't go back into the burning fire. The Bible gives us some pretty harsh labels for the fool. Fools are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. They're worthless. They are a burden. They enjoy wicked schemes and they are full of trouble. Do you get the point? Don't be a fool. There's nothing about being a fool that you would want to be. You need to understand who a fool is so you don't become a fool. Proverbs wrote, or Solomon wrote Proverbs to teach us wisdom so we really could see how to live a wise life. So shall we continue? Take a look at Proverbs 18:2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding. Fools find no pleasure in understanding. Here we see that fools really have no desire to gain understanding. Easy enough, right? The words are the words here is, that's used as pleasure. And what that really means is that fools have no passion. They don't really care. To grow in understanding, they have no delight or passion or desire to really understand anything. They're fine with their ignorance, they're fine just resisting everything. They don't have any desire to learn, any desire to grow. They just go around life basically ignoring everyone's ideas, everyone's thoughts. They have a closed mind, they're resistant to everything that is good. It's like a car door. And by car door, I mean the gas door for the car. I better explain that better. So you know how on, on a, a car you have the, the gas door where you have to get in? Well, on my car, I, uh, so often I'll, I'll go to pump gas and you know you pull that little lever down here by your seat and that's how you go fill up your gas. Well, I remember one time when that thing broke, and I couldn't get into my gas tank. And it was so frustrating. I had to drive a beater. It's not a nice car. But I can remember the time when I couldn't get in to the gas door. And I went in there, and it was locked, and I was trying to, to yank it open. I just couldn't get in. This is kind of like the picture of the fool. We know the fool needs gas. It needs fuel to get by. But all the fool does is, is hatch the door and don't accept any gas in. It's kind of like a cookie jar that we lock and we don't allow anyone to actually put cookies in. So you try to put cookies in the cookie jar but it's actually locked. That's kind of the picture of a fool. He just kind of goes around life resisting everything not trying to understand. There are many examples of this in our life. In the political arena we have become so callous and conditioned to put up walls and we just don't want to allow any ideas to penetrate. Don't I'm not going to listen. I'm putting up my defenses. We're so good at defenses. Or what about that church? There's that church across town. They don't really believe the same things we believe. They have different views than us. Oh, man. Let's just stay away. Let's just stay away and not try to understand. Ah. Or your parents who have life wisdom that you don't want to hear. Or that friend that went off to college and came back with some really wacky views. It's definitely easier to just zone her out. Or just ignore that person trying to explain their depression to you. Just ignore them. See, these are all tangible ways that we fall into the trap of finding no pleasure in understanding. Just zone them out. It's way easier. Who needs to grow anyways? I have all I need to know. I don't need to learn anything new. This is the way of the fool, guys. They don't desire to understand. But it doesn't stop there. Take a look at Proverbs eighteen two b But delight in airing their own opinions. Well, now we see why the fool is all locked up like a safe. That's because they they ain't got no time to actually listen because they're just filling all their time with sharing their own opinions. They do not delight in trying to understand others. All they delight is filling the empty space, the void, with their words. This proverb shows the contrast between what a fool does and does not find pleasure in. He doesn't find pleasure in understanding. But it's just so much pleasure. He just loves it. He's so passionate about just airing out all his opinions, exposing himself to all of you. They are rooted in foolishness and selfish stupidity. A fool has a closed mound, closed mind and a loud mouth. All they do is think about their own opinions. All they do is think about what's on their mind. And that's all they want to share. Now, I, I want to say this because this, this is really interesting. Part of the, part of the process for uh, sermon prep um, is what they call word studies. And for all of you geeky people out there, word studies are kind of interesting. But for the rest of you, they, they can be really tedious. It's when you study, pick a word, and you, and you just study it. You study the nuances of it, where it shows up in the Bible, the, the original language. You kind of go through a whole process of it. And it can kind of be boring for some. I think is really interesting. Um, but again, it doesn't necessarily show up in preaching all the time. But every once in a while, you come across one that just paints such a good picture you couldn't help but share it. So I was doing a word study on the Hebrew word for erring. So in erring their own opinions. And guess what? Guess what I found, guys? I found out that there is only one other place in the whole Bible where this word actually appears. So it appears here, but only one other place. And it is, it is really pretty crazy. Take a look. Genesis nine twenty through 21. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. Now, let's be honest. Was that the verse you expected? No, it wasn't for me either. You just can't make this stuff up. But I thought it was a little bit of a dramatic, maybe awkward, but dramatic picture. So here is Noah. He's fresh off the ark. He's loving life. He's enjoying the fruit of his labors, and he's leaving very little to the imagination. See, the word here it is translated lay as lay uncovered but it's the same word for exposed or for air out or for reveal this is the same word he was just chilling in his, in his tent exposed in all of his glory for the world to see he was exposed he was airing it all out but why does this matter well i think it helps us understand a few things albeit in a weird way, but the posture of foolishness and sharing your opinions. When the passage says that fools only desire to air out their opinions, and that's what they delight in, airing their opinions, what it means is all they want to do is expose the filth of their heart in a sort of exhibitionist kind of way. They only desire to expose the true posture of their souls. See, the opinions of a fool are controversial. They are troublesome. They are full of folly. They are crazy. They are evil. It's kind of like the fool is running around like a drink, like, like a like a drunk, naked man, just exposing himself. That's the mental picture that I want you guys to understand. What it means to expose our opinions. I know it's a really weird illustration, and please don't linger on it for too long. (laughs) But I hope you understand a little bit more about what a fool airing his opinions is like. Our view of sharing our selfish opinions should be the same as our view of exposing our bodies. It should be carried in the same way. Fool's always strive to expose they don't want to understand they don't care about what other people have to say all they want to do is just air out their dirty laundry for everyone else to hear opinions of a fool only bring pain and trouble it's never really good for them Proverbs 18.6 says this the lips of the fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating it can show itself in a lot of tangible ways not only have you become resistant to, the, uh, to other thoughts and ideas about politics, but you now spend hours sharing controversial topics and articles on social media, hoping that your political enemies will see them and change. Not only do you steer clear of any opportunity to understand the beliefs of the church, but now you're starting to talk about that church with people in, around you, with your friends and family. I, I don't even think they're really Christians. Uh, here are my thoughts. Uh, I... The way they act, what they're preaching over there, I just don't think it's biblical. And don't forget your parents. We all know how easy it is to air out our opinions, and often in very disrespectful ways. You are awful parents, and I hate you. Opinions, huh? And remember that friend that went to college and came back with some wacky ideas? Well, now you're going to take her out to dinner, and you're going to give her a piece of your mind because you know what you deserve it or maybe just get over yourself and your depression it's all in your head anyways just just read some bible verses and get over it opinions 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 you see how they creep in this fix it language of opinions when a fool is unwilling to understand and unwilling to shut up it can go south very quickly Solomon wants us to see that the desire of fools is to reject understanding and expose their opinions. And that's how we should not live. Remember, the fool is how we should not live. The evidence of a fool is this, a closed mind and a loud mouth. So now we see how not to do it. Now we see really tangibly how we shouldn't do it. But Solomon offers us wisdom and hope on how we can do it much better. We learn what not to do by looking at the fool, but we look at what to do by looking at the wise man. A wise man is passionate about understanding, and they use their words carefully. Take a look with me at Proverbs 17, 27. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. If you want to be wise, and represent Jesus well use your words with restraint words are so powerful and we have to take every opportunity to weigh them very very carefully because they can damage very very deeply A wise person carefully weighs his words When we think about the consequences and thoughts of our words before we actually say them, we're far more likely to be careful with what we say and maybe not say anything at all. If we want to be considered wise, we must be willing to engage in understanding. We have to be willing to give people our full attention and our time. If we lead with understanding, we earn the right to speak into people's lives. If we lead in a way that we show them that we care for them and we love them and what they have to say isn't meaningless, guess what? They trust us. And then later, we may have the opportunity to share those opinions, share our thoughts in an uplifting and positive way and pour into them. But that only comes after we have built understanding. So maybe, maybe we take some time to sit down with that political adversary, that person you disagree with, and allow them to share their heart and perspectives openly. Just, you sit there, you don't say anything, you let them share it openly, with free, free of interruptions, so that you can understand the heart behind their views. Or or maybe we organize an outreach with with the local church across town so that we're uh, bumping shoulders and rubbing elbows, serving the Lord together. And as we're showing the love of Jesus, we get to see their heart for the Lord. We get to understand them in really tangible ways. Or maybe you just take time to show your parents and tell them how grateful you are for them and ask them to help you understand some of the guidelines they've established in your lives. See, this idea of seeking knowledge, gaining an understanding. And so that friend that went off to college, invite her to coffee. Tell her that you love her. Ask her questions about her life. And show her that you truly care. I had the opportunity to share a little bit about myself earlier with the uh, um, story about my dating. And I wanted to take a little bit of time, and and this is actually hard for me, but I wanted to share it anyways, um, of a time when this proverb was really true in my life. And actually, it was last night. Um, Last night, I really experienced the benefits of a person of understanding. Last night was a first for me. I had my first anxiety attack last night. I was uh, up late working on the sermon. Uh, it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks for me with some crazy stuff for school work and, and different things. Um, so it's been really stressful. And I was up late finishing up my sermon and really feeling good about it. And I came home to go to bed. And... I couldn't sleep. I remember laying down. This is just last night. Laying down and just laying there and laying there. And, and if those of you that have experienced anxiety before, you understand it's this overwhelming, pressing feeling on your chest. Your, your, your heart rate goes up. Your mind is racing and you're just trying to sleep. So there I was and the hours started to roll by. I, mean, I kid you not, to be honest, guys, I only got two hours of sleep last night. Because there I was experiencing my first anxiety attack. I've never experienced anxiety like this before. I don't, I'm not an anxious person. But I had an anxiety attack. But my wife, Rachel, was the most understanding person. She was so loving and caring. See, she could have easily shared her opinion. She could have said, hey, you know, if you structured your time a little bit better, this, couldn't have, this would have happened. Or here's a Bible verse you could go read to feel better about it. Or, you know, maybe you have too much on your plate. Or you just need to get your act together. You're preaching tomorrow. How are you supposed to preach if, this is, if you're like this? And, you know, there's a lot of ways she could, she could, have, she could have gone. But praise the Lord. She chose to be understanding. Guys, she stayed up all night with me, talking to me, asking me questions. She wanted to hear my heart. She wanted to hear what was going on. I felt so understood, so loved by her. And then she gave me some advice. Uh, One of the advice was actually I moved out to the couch in the living room because a change of scenery helps, and actually it did. Um, And I ended up getting a few hours of sleep, but... Um, first she led with understanding. She understood what I was going through. She's experienced some anxiety before. So she understood a little bit and she wanted to learn more. So she was prodding me, she was asking, she was making me feel safe and loved. And then she was able to share with me in a really raw and real way. And honestly, it's, it's, it's set up a really great, um, relation, relation for us in this area because now I have full trust in her as we go forward. And as I address areas that maybe I need to, to step back or, or take you know, a breather, although my finals are done, so I'm, gl- I'm glad about that. Um, I now have a full trust in her. And I, I now can freely listen to her, her perspectives and opinions because she first made me feel understood. And she strives to be a wise person in that moment. And honestly, I'm here today, up here, talking because of her. She was able to help me through. She's an amazing woman. I'm so blessed. Take a look at James 1.19. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Here we see some important things. We see being quick to listen and slow to speak. Now that quick to listen that has to do directly with the idea of gaining an understanding, understanding the person, understanding the situation, listening, not just hearing, not just hearing, but listening. And then taking that information and carefully weighing your words and being slow to speak. Slow to speak. I can't speak... For everyone here, but I can speak for myself. Whenever I've taken the time to try to listen well and speak with restraint, I am blessed. I am blessed. Life is good. there's joy. When I carefully seek understanding and weigh my words carefully, and don't go exposing all my opinions, but seek understanding. My marriage is so much better when I'm able to live this out. My job is so much better when I'm able to live this out. All of my relationships are better, honestly. And my relationship with God is better when I take time to gain an understanding. I'm gonna invite Jason and the band out here as we wrap. And my hope today is that What you've learned is don't be the fool. Don't be the fool who just fills empty spaces and ignores people's perspectives and misses out on ways that you can step in and be a blessing to people. You always need to seek understanding. You always need to be willing to pour the love of Jesus into every situation by carefully weighing your words. We need to learn to be more wise. Now, Jason and the band will begin to play and we're going to have a little bit of a response time. And if you would like prayer or if you want to talk to anybody, I'm going to now invite down the elders and their wives as well as missional community leaders. And just feel the freedom to share your heart with them. If you need someone to listen, you have an understanding so you feel heard and understood and they're here for you. They would love to speak into your life after listening carefully to what you have to say. We want to provide a safe place here where you can share. And if you're that person who just freely shares their opinions and you want to talk through that too, we would love to. So again, come on down for some prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the fool. And I mean that in the realest way because we learn so much by watching the fool fail. Lord, I pray that we can be a people who seek understanding and not just sharing their words and their opinions. That we become people that are known by their careful hearts and their willingness to hear, listen, and understand and weigh their words carefully. Lord, I pray you use us in a big way this week and I pray that we can see the places we so quickly jump to sharing our opinions and we can just slow down and be wise. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives and the ways that you love us. I pray this in Jesus' name.